Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body. That person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God. My dear children, you have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Love one another. Dear friends, let us continue to... Sorry. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not, who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into, world, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him, and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we, like Jesus, here in, we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So my first point is... Oh, you want... Oh. <laughs> you never know what Lockie's going to do. <laughs> um, could we thank Lockie? Oh, no. Um, uh, just a, a word about next week. Um, we have Joel and Jules Abel here in the 10am service, which is very exciting. Uh, so they are, it's Sunday with the Abels. 
Um, so if you're wanting to finish off 1 John, because it's our last one next week, um, maybe do a double up, do the chapel or, and the 4pm and the 10 if you're a 10am person, or grab the podcast. And Nikki Dent is actually going to be bringing us around 1 John chapter 5. Um, so that's very exciting. Uh, you know, this was a bit of a milestone year for me. It was, um, I turned 40. Uh, in July, I had my 20th wedding anniversary in October, and the other thought was that I would would have 10 years. I would have 10 years, which I did, of um, full-time ministry post the kids and post a um, bit of burnout and a rough trot. Um, and uh, and so not not that that was the kids, that was me. Um, but um, 10 years of full-time ministry, and also 10 years of Shine Conference. So I was. Um, I was pumped and I was so excited. And, and one of the things when we came back from COVID was in the planning, I was just like, can we please make sure that we don't ever have to turn anyone away from the building? Like, can we just make sure that however we do the services, that we can get as many people in as possible? And so Shine being restricted and Shine not being able to have, you know, this place was jammed last year. Um, I just was telling the 8.30 crew that that actually did hurt my heart a little bit because we've had to turn people away from Shine Conference, which was meant to be a big celebration year. So that is, I've been having to deal with that. And um, But I just want you to know that if you can grab some friends and, and have Shine at home online, we want to make that experience great for you as well. We've got some special things planned and we'd love to make that experience great for you. So um, get registered online and get your friends registered and, and gather together. Let us know and we'll treat you. Um, so that's exciting. Okay, 1 John chapter 4. We're going to um, concentrate on verse 18. Uh, but firstly, just let me tell you um, a story that happened when I was little. I was three years old and my sister Jill was five years old. And I went to, um, mum was away and dad was out working on the farm somewhere or in the yard or somewhere close by. But Jill and I decided that we should go try mum's, so three and five, try mum's bras and nighties on over our farm clothes. We thought that would be a fun activity. So we went into her room, we grabbed it, we were trying them on over our farm clothes and giggling away. And then all of a sudden we heard dad saying, Bron, Jill, and like panic stricken looked at each other and bolted out the front door and um, and went around the side of our house. And, and our, our main part of our house was over 150 years old. It was an old farmhouse. And there was a door to the under part of the house, which was dusty and musty and manky and had snakes and spiders and the odd dead feral cat that stunk out the house for weeks. And we, we bolted and we hid under there because we figured that, that the chances of anything happening there were better than the chances of dad catching us in mum's delicates over our farm clothes. And, uh, and, and our dad loved us. He'd not long taken us on. He took me on as a three-year-old, Jill on as a five-year-old, and Rick as a seven-year, uh, eight-year-old. And he even wanted to adopt us as his own. And, um, and yet we, we ran because we were fearing punishment. We ran and hid, which reminds me of another story. A couple of years later, we were around at um, Frank and Kay's, who were then known as Brother Frank and Sister Kay. And, um, and we, were, we were at their place and Rick, my brother, was the same age as Dan. They were mates, and Jill and I fought over Kim um, because she was a little bit older than us. But my mate Dave, who was my age, was there as well. And then there were two younger ones. And Dave was getting in trouble this day, which was a pretty common occurrence for Dave and uh, and required. And um, and Dave was in trouble. So I thought after a while, I'm going to go and check on him. I went out the back of their house, um, down the steps, round the side. And there's Dave 
with his, and I'm sorry to say underwear twice in the one message, but with his undies down, emptying leaves out the back of his pants. And I said, Dave, what are you doing? And he had this big grin on his face. I said, he said, I knew what was coming. So I shoved leaves down my jocks to protect myself. And um, if you're over 30, you've got a story of being smacked like that. And to all of you under 30, I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> um, um, but I'm grateful for the discipline that I received. But it reminds me of another story of a dad who um, took his two kids and, and showed them the backyard and said, kids, you can do whatever you want in this backyard. You've got free reign over it. Like, engage with it. Enjoy it. It's yours. Just stay away from that tree. That tree is dangerous to you. Um, but they listened to another voice and they went and, and went to the tree uh, and ate the fruit of the tree. And Adam and Eve hid immediately because they were fearful of what God would do when he found them. They went and hid in the garden because they feared punishment. And it feels like as humanity, we've been doing that ever since. But 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 says this. It says, the one verse, it says that I didn't maybe put in my notes, but I, I know it anyway. So do I know it? Do I know it? Good question. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So Heavenly Father, it is our desire this morning to experience your perfect love. Lord, for your love to rush in like a flood and to cast out all fear with people here. Lord, for people who fear your punishment, I pray that you would set us all free of whatever residue fear we might have that is to do with you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You see, when we come and make Jesus our Lord and our Saviour, I don't know if you can see there, but there's just a little bit of blue in the bottom of this. It's like we come to him and we're an empty vessel, but we still have ourself. We still bring ourself with us. But thank God he rushes in with his perfect love and... And he, um, Alex, I might just get you to grab me what you tried to give me before I jumped up. Um, he rushed in with his perfect love. And, but the problem was that we still engaged with our fear and, and we still had our carryover fear and it kind of tainted that perfect love that he rushed in with for us. So what did God do? He just kept rushing in and has always just kept rushing in with his perfect love. And the more and more we abide in that perfect love and receive that perfect love, then the more that love is made perfect in us. And so we are able to have our fear be cast out in the light of his perfect love. And Lockie told me to do a big spoon of bicarb soda and I'm blaming him for the loudiness. It was perfectly clear before the service. Oh, well. Okay. Good illustration. Moving on. Um, <laughs> you see, to this point in the chapter, we've seen a proof of knowing that we can be in God, that we can have the Spirit of God, that we can fully acknowledge in our hearts that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came as a human, that He lived as a human, that He died as a human, and that He rose again, that He is, in fact, the Son of God. That's one of the proofs, and that's verse 2. And then Another proof is having the Spirit in us. That's verse 13 of 1 John chapter 4. That's proof that He lives in us and we are in Him. And, and loving each other, verse 16, is proof that we live in God and He lives in us. Loving each other. And as we continue to live in God, our love grows more and more perfect. That's verse 17. And that perfect love 
casts out fear. There's no blue fear left. Something else. (laughs) Perfect love casts out fear. Now, the context of fear in this passage is the day of judgment. It's talking about having confidence on the day of judgment. I don't know what you think when you hear day of judgment. I hear... There will be a reckoning, saith the Lord of hosts, for everyone who has not received the Son of God. That's what I think. Don't know what you think when you hear Day of Judgment. But, but in fact, there will be a reckoning. There is a reckoning. And as we look around and see the evil in our world, we are glad that there's going to be a reckoning. As I don't know about you, I hear about abhorrent things that are happening. I'm like, thank you, God, that there will be justice one day on the earth for every awful thing that's happening. And I'm grateful for that but I don't want my stuff to be punished. I don't want justice for me. I want mercy for me. I want justice for everything else that's going on. And so because we're changed now, because perfect love has come into our life now, for those of you who have decided to follow Jesus, eternity has started now for us. And so perfect love can cast out fear now, not just about the day of judgment, but like Dan said, about your relationship with God now. And that is, they're mutually exclusive. Oh my goodness, the camera zoom in. Look at that. It took time, but it happened. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, so what is fear doing to us? What is, it, what is fear keeping in us or keeping us in? You see, when we fear, we've forgotten the unforgettable. Have you ever done anything for somebody that cost you something? That was a great act of love. Matt Keyes. He did. He proposed to the love of his life, Steph. It cost him a great deal emotionally and time and money, resource. You should see the ring. Um, Steph, you need to show everyone. Just go to the camera. Um, (laughs) um, And and that was great. And, And a great act of love. Maybe you've done that for someone. You gave a great gesture, a great sacrificial act of love. And then later on, that person maybe through you not being there as much as they thought you would be, or maybe through you um, getting busy or whatever it might be, they began to doubt your love. And if it were up to you, you'd say, hang on, just why don't you filter it all through that big act of love that I just gave you? If you were to filter it through the big act of love that I just gave you, then you'd see how much I love you. Well, God gave us the biggest act of love that could ever be imagined. You know, when Adam and Eve hid for fear of punishment, in fact, the Bible says that before the foundation of the world, before even that moment, the plan was in motion. He was planning already to send his son. In fact, the Bible says that the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. Provision had already been made, whether in the heart of God, whether physically manifest, we don't know, but it was already in motion. And so God, I feel, when we feel like, God, you're absent. God, what are you doing? God, why aren't you giving me the answer I want. He has every right to point back to the the time where it cost him everything and said, can you have a look at the cross? And can you see that there's no need for you to fear my punishment because I love you, because I've given my all for you. In fact, Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his children. Now we call him Abba Father. He has given us his spirit. He's called us his children. But wait, there's more. 1 John 2, let's remember this. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Did God 
Send the darling of heaven to be crucified? Did he watch him be crucified? Did he send us his spirit to equip and empower us and enable us because he wanted to punish us? No, he didn't. Had he forgotten a few things? You know, did he leave us out in the dark? No, he hasn't. We've forgotten the unforgettable. We can't forget the unforgettable. And then there's this, this scripture's not coming up, but it's Colossians 2.14. It says, He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. My sin is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Look, forget a whole bunch of stuff. No worries. Maybe this Christmas, get it a little bit out of alignment. Maybe, you know, give your kids a present from Santa and forget to talk about Jesus. Like, okay, that, that, that's, that's bad, but, but okay, forget that. But don't forget the grand gesture that he gave you through which you're meant to filter everything else. Anytime that you feel like, well, where's God in this situation? Look to the cross where it cost him his all and remember and filter everything through that. Let's not forget the unforgettable. When we fear, we've forgotten the unforgettable. Because when you remember the unforgettable, you can't fear anymore. You can, it is unmistakable that God is for you. Okay, secondly, when we fail in fear, we fail twice. Not when we fail in fear. When we fail and fear, we fail twice. Fail to fear and let his sacrifice pay the price. So when we fail and then we fear, Dan just talked about this and I didn't had no idea. He didn't hear me preach in the chapel. I didn't hear what he was going to say. But when we're like that kid that stays out of the presence of God for fear of punishment or when we go under the house with the snakes and spiders and feral dead cats or when we shove leaves down our jocks and live in an uncomfortable state in 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 anticipation of punishment, we fail twice. You know, the failure God has provided for. But when we fail and then fear and take ourselves out of God's presence and say, I'm not good enough, that's our second failure. We're meant to rush into his presence, to boldly approach the throne of grace, to find mercy in our time of need. He has given us confidence in that moment. In fact, 1 John 4, what Lockie just read, this is real love. Oh, 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 this is real love. This is real love. Thanks, Steph. Um, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's real love. He already, he knows the failure and has already made provision for it. We can remind ourselves that he's made provision for it. He's not turning his face away from us. He disappointed me again. I don't know what your people did. When you disappointed them, I don't, when you failed, I don't know if they told you how disappointing you were. I don't know if they withdrew from you and gave you the silent treatment. I don't know if they, they, they put you on the outer or they, they let you know you didn't live up to the family name. I don't know what your people did to you, but I can tell you that God is not like your people. God has made provision for you. He's not going to belt you. You don't need to put leaves down your pants. You don't need to hide under the house. You can look fear in the face. And say, you are not getting the better of me. This is real love. If you fail, don't add to your failure by being in fear. Okay, you failed. You get knocked down. Get back up again. And nothing going to keep you down. In your failure, run to daddy. Run to daddy. Number three, if we fear, we frustrate God's blessing. Potentially you've heard me speak before, definitely at a Shine conference, but maybe just preaching, about a fear that I had in my marriage. And I hate admitting to it. It feels so weak. 
Um, but it is what it is. I thought, I just had this thing that I thought that Daz would have an affair, that it was only a matter of time before Daz Daz had either an emotional affair or a physical affair. He had given me no indication of anything like that happening just to allay your fears, but I just had that going on in my heart. I I just felt like that's what would happen. If Daz could choose again, he'd choose differently. So it's inevitable that at some point he's going to slip up in that way. Awful way to live. And I heard a great message from Pastor Jack Haynes last week. He was talking about, because, you know, it's obviously very, you know, another one bites the dust constantly we hear in the media. Um, But he was talking about that the devil wants to diss our satisfaction. And if he can get us dissatisfied, then he'll make us restless. And once we become restless, that's when we become reckless. And he says that actually godliness with contentment is great gain, that if we actually remember that we're sanctified and count our blessings, that that's where the freedom is. It was a brilliant message. I'll send you the link if you want it. But, but I thought that Daz was dissatisfied for me, so I thought it was only a matter of time before he'd get restless and only a matter of time before he'd get reckless. And in 20 years of marriage, you know, we're incredibly honest with each other. Where We tell each other everything. And I believe he's told me everything. He's struggled with lots, but that is not something he's struggled with. That's not even been on his radar. So for the best part of 20 years, I've had a fear and lived with a fear that has frustrated the blessing of the marriage that I had. What an awful way to live. Now, I've I've had the best marriage. I love my husband so much. I love our marriage so much. I love our children so much, especially you, Kate, wherever you are, especially you. Um, And um, But I I just... um, I lived with that. And it's the same with God. He's like, I can't show you enough. I I cannot show you any more how much I love you. Maybe you want to be a spoiled child of me to just give you everything you want, but I love you too much for that. So I'll just give you what I know you need and and I will live with that and I I will continue to pour out on you everything you need and I'll give you of myself and I'll enter right into the midst of your brokenness and break myself on your behalf. And then I'll give you my spirit to empower you to live the way that I'm asking you to live. I'll give you everything you need. I'll give you everything. But we live like God's not for us. We live like, well, you're probably gonna, you're probably gonna do something to a member of my family, God. It's the biggest fear. I was talking to a psychologist who does a history take for people. If you fear something from God, what is it? It's always that something will happen to one of my kids. We live with a fear that God is going to do something to us, to our family. And yet God always knows what's going to happen and he knows we can get through it. I've told you the story before of mum when she discovered my father who had died in a farm accident and going back to tell the authorities, um, back to her house with three little kids in asleep in bed and God saying to her, I knew this would happen and you'll be okay. God is for us. But if we live in fear, we frustrate God's blessing. We frustrate God's blessing. So if we don't want to live in fear and we want to live in perfect love because the two are mutually exclusive, they're dichotomous. You can't have one and the other. If we enter in and put fear into the love that we've been given, it becomes tainted love and is no longer perfect love, then how do we live with perfect love and what does perfect love do in us? Well, perfect love produces courage because of Christ. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. 1 John 4, 17 says, um, that 
It says, and we, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. You might say, Brian, my confidence is shot because I've not been living like Jesus. I just want to tell you something that happened last week when we were talking about that to know that we're going to be like Jesus when he comes. That when we, we go to Him or He comes to us, that we are going to be like Him, the Bible says. So that is, if you've made Jesus your Lord and Saviour, that is the inevitable reality for your life. You are going to one day be perfected and be like Jesus. So right now, there is a gravitational pull towards that inevitable reality that is coming your way. You will be made perfect like Jesus. Who, he who began a good work in you will complete it. He who started it will finish it. Now, you might think that sounds like once saved, always saved doctrine. Brian, I'm not sure I'm down with that. I'm not sure I'm down with that either. I think that we have free will in the midst of that, certainly. But once we're saved, once we're believing in Jesus, once we've received Him, though it feels like we're warring against the flesh, and we are, we also, if we do the wrong thing, we're warring against our new nature, and our new nature is pulling us towards Christ. You're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that. Let me remind you of last week, 1 John 3, verse 19 to 22. If our hearts condemn us, He is greater than our hearts. Even if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. We are being pulled to this reality. Yes, sure, when we do the right thing, we feel like we're warring against our flesh. Yes, sure, when we do the wrong thing, we feel like we're warring against our better nature. But don't forget, the pull is this way. The pull is this way. The pull is this way. And if we believe that, then we feel it. We actually feel that. Perfect love produces courage. And why? Because of Christ. Not because of us. We've got nothing to boast in, but because of Christ, we can boast because of what He's doing in our life. Perfect love brings confidence and consistency, like I just said. I don't know if you've ever known someone and, and you love them, but they don't know that you love them. And so they're constantly coming to you saying, did I offend you when I did this? Or um, I'm really sorry I said that. And you're like, what did you say? I don't even know what you're talking about. You might know someone like that. Well, with God, we're sometimes like that. Oh, I let you down, God. Oh, I did that again, God. But the Bible says, as I just said, that if our hearts condemn us and we are in Christ, so we're not out doing our own thing, but we're in Christ, then God is greater than our hearts. So we choose the truth over our feelings and we continue to be in His freedom. Perfect love brings confidence and consistency. Just as in a human relationship, if there's fear, there's a constant toing and froing. In our relationship with God, if there's fear, there's a constant toing and froing. Better to live in the confidence that He says He calls us to and live with confidence and consistency inside of His perfect love. Perfect love, number three, carries consequence. It casts out fear. It casts out fear. And finally, perfect love fulfills his command by flowing in community. In community, I'm going to read you the last two verses. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I just want to ask you, where is it in that that you let yourself off the hook? Are you like, well, I do love God, but when I look at that person across the room, 
I don't love them. They're rude. They're rude to me. Imagine if God applied that same criteria for us and said, oh, yeah, I want to love them, but sometimes they ignore me. Like for two days, they don't even talk to me. And I'm their dad. Imagine if he would apply that criteria, but he doesn't. He chases us with his love. And I'm not saying that everyone that's rude to you, that you need to chase them down and be like, hi, (laughs) that's just awkward. Um, But certainly you can keep loving them. You can make sure there's no animosity in your heart towards them. You can ensure that, that, that you've forgiven them and released them every time they're rude to you. So I forgive you. So don't tell them because I don't know what they're being forgiven for, but it's in your heart. I forgive you. No worries. Just ignore me. I forgive you. Um, and, and, we, and we continue to be like that. What is the application? Is it that, well, my, the people in church are nothing like me. Are we anything like God? And yet He loved us first. Well, you know, the people in church, they're, 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 they're weird. You're weird. And God still loves you. Uh, I don't know what it is that you apply or the way that you excuse yourself from loving fellow believers, but definitely here there is no excuse given that's allowed. So we may as well just say, admit our struggle if we have one to God and just get on and start loving other people as well. None of this is possible without the love of God coming into our hearts first. And so right now, I'd love it if you could close your eyes and just block out distractions. And I'd love it if you could ask yourself the question, what would it feel like if the love of God were to come into my heart right now? If the love of God were to flood my heart, my spirit, my soul right now, what would that feel like? Lord God, would you flood our hearts with your perfect love? Would you let us know that you are for us and you are not against us? God, would you show us that you sent your Son not to condemn the world, but to save the world? Lord, would you drive out all fear of punishment for our our lives? Would you help us see that you are a God who loves deeply and fully and richly? Maybe today you just want to receive that for the first time and and you want to respond to that by saying, I don't want to go my way anymore. Jesus, I want to put my trust in you and how much you've loved me by laying down your life for me. And so simply just in your heart right now, if you just want to say, I receive you, Jesus, then that is the point at which you are a new creation. Where you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you decide that you're not going to go your way, that you're going to go His way. That's what Lord means. You're making Him Lord of your life. And also it says that to confess that. So I encourage you to make sure you tell someone that that's what you did today. I'm just going to pray for anyone who made that decision. Lord, thank you for chasing us down with your love. Thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your son. Help us to live in the reality of that love day by day. Lord, cast out the fear from our life. Let your perfect love flood us and cast out the fear. Lord, let us pick up when we feel the fear and let us submit that to you in Jesus' name.
Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.